presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Good evening, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Bardic College Presents Hellfire Nights. I'm Raz, your storyteller for this campaign, and tonight we will rejoin the team that has spent an evening in residence with Evelyn Wolf, and will soon be joined by the Tremere, once Christina uh, Sumner, who has now, due to the traditions of magic, and some situation that occurred with her sire, uh, has now taken her true name back, Rosmond Henshaw. So for those listening, do not get too confused when you hear the name switch. It is the exact same vampire you've come to know from Clan Tremere, but she will explain in the episode as it progresses why there's been this name change over, you know, that's overcome them. But let's begin with our daywalker, Dr. Horatio Jackal, and see what the hours uh, leading up to this evening's events bring for our ghoul who's still somehow and he's stodgedly holding on to the belief that he is actually human and those people around him are just gay actors or dramaticists who study the arts and believe that they put on this phenomenal play always remaining in character. So with that, I'll bring you back to the action and hope you enjoy this episode with a major reveal. So stay in there. This is going to get quite fascinating tonight. Our players did an amazing job. Uh, wait till you see what we have in store for you. But let's go on to it and enjoy this episode of Hellfire Nights. Doctor, you awaken in about six hours, just after, just a little bit after 11 a.m. And remember that you do have a one o'clock class at university. So you uh, freshen up and I assume you're going to make your way there. Yeah, uh, I will go, I will go straight to the class and take care of my daily uh, tasks. Okay. So you have an option of going first to Ashenbrenner's Haven to find out what you can uh, earlier, better, probably, especially if you think police may get involved, things may start to get moved, touched. It would make you, it would be very close to getting also to the university on time, but you could probably press it or you can wait till after class and then go in the early afternoon. Mm, you know what? I'm feeling reckless. Let's, let's do it earlier in the morning. Let's do which one? Uh, uh, Ashenbrenner's. Let's, yeah, let's, let's go to Ashenbrenner's. I did tell him I would secure his stuff. Okay. So you make your way there. He, he, he has shown you on the map where it is, what district of, of London it sits in. Uh, and you were able to get a coach. Uh, car carriage there with no problem. It's a nice day, uh, rather bright. We are in the you know early summer months, and uh, you make your way there. It takes probably about thirty minutes or so. So it's eleven thirty or so, eleven twenty to twelve, uh, and you pull up in front of you know down this this one street, and this is where the cab lets you out. And you say that you'll walk from here. You don't want to actually have them drive right up on the the you know this place itself, especially thinking it might be something secretive. But it's a warehouse district. There are. So there is some action going on. Uh, this it, it's not as vibrant as perhaps it it should be. Some of the buildings have been burned out. Uh, there's been several suspicious fires over the years as buildings have gone in. 
who knows why? I mean, just because they happened to camp near a vampire's lair and he didn't want them there doesn't mean that they burned. But you get the general idea that the the, the ones close to his nook in the ground and his staircase, they, they tend to be not occupied at the at present. Uh, but there is several police officers that have gathered around the outside of the lair. There is a, a paddy wagon and, you know, a, a hospital wagon, a cart there as well, as you make your way walking down the street. Now, do you have a, a walking stick and everything? You're totally decked out? Oh, yeah, complete to the nines, ready to teach a class. Came from teaching a class. I'm wearing the yesterday's clothes, but they're still very nice. And all... Uh... I guess all gentlemen would have carried a walking stick back then, so walking stick included, I suppose. Okay, no worries there. <clears throat> yeah, you make your way up, and you, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. This uh, this site here is closed. We've uh, it's a terrible fright down there, sir. Oh yes, that is in fact why I am here. You see, I was sent for especially uh, as a well specialist to investigate the goings on down in this uh, subterranean subterranean dwelling. Uh, you were summoned here, sir. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, yes, I am. A, you... I am a doctor, you see, and uh, I've been oh. led to believe that there is uh, quite the horror show, as they say in the Penny Dreadfuls, uh, down there that would need a specialist's eye. Well, sir, there's a nickel full down there. I can tell you, half a shilling. Uh, and y- your name, sir. You, uh, I'm just so I can write it down for me, Sergeant. If they ask if anybody was in the site, you know, because of course. <clears throat> The people from the special crimes units uh, that deal with these sort of terrible things, they take a little time to get their keisters up and moving about, sir. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, my name is Mr. Or, I'm sorry, Dr. Charles Cross. Dr. Cross. Is that with a K, sir? I know, with a C, like the, the Christian symbology. And that the C is in Cross, then? In, and in Charles as well, yes. <laughs> well, I see, yes. C, C. Cece, yes, sir. I see that. I'm sorry. Um, Is this Anthony's right, brother? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it, hey, what, is, what is your name, officer? You're quite diligent in your tasks. Oh, I'm uh, uh, Cooper, sir. Officer Cooper. Oh, quite. I, I knew a gentleman quite like you, but in the hospitalities business. <laughs> no. Might be my cousin, sir, Tony. But that's moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he says, uh, uh, d- just down the stairs, sir. But please mind your mind yourself. Uh, you're a larger gentleman as well, and there's a little bit of a little bit of a peak to the stairs where you have to do crouch down, sir. Oh, I appreciate the warning, good sir. And you keep anybody else from coming down here if there may if there's as many bodies as I've been led to believe. Who knows what sort of noxious fumes may be escaping. Noxious fumes. Oh, yes. As the body decomposes, especially after a burning, well, all sorts of chemical reactions are generated. And, well, you trust me, don't want any of that in your lungs. Not unless you're wearing special medical clothing, such as I. That You're wearing special medical clothing, sir? That's oh, yes. A, it's a fine suit. And, um, oh, yes. I, you, take a, you take a finely tailored suit such as this, and you take a, a specially made concoction of my own design and you treat the cloth in it and it repels all of the humors and vapors that are known to make one sick. That is why doctors are always so well dressed, you see. Oh, I guess, you know, so I never I never really put that to put that to thought. But it does kind of make sense now as you said that because every doctor I've seen has been well dressed, sir. 
Exactly, as as uh, each to their own position, as it were. If I were an officer, I'd look quite out of sorts dressed like this. But if you were a doctor dressed like that, well, you wouldn't last very long, my good sir. Well, then I'll stay up here, sir. I'm, uh, <clears throat> thankfully, you've arrived. That's uh, it's God's blessing. Please, yes. if you uh, quite quite, quite. Uh, now uh, on on to business, and he will he walks. Yep, yep, and he will. Uh, Horatio will descend into Ashen Branner's hole. Inside, you see. Uh, about seven cages. Most of them are pretty low to the ground. There is one that is a full height of a human being. Inside of it is a just burned up husk of a human uh, and what appears to be like a St. Andrew's cross for this particular person. Uh, the The body is, the shoulder has been dislocated in a way that appears that it's permanent. There's a slouch to the to the whole, you know, mechanism of the way the body is positioned and, and how it functions. This one that's in the larger, the cage. The others uh, are just burned up and, and a mess in various stages of hiding or cowering inside these iron boxes that they had been left in. Uh, it, the the damage done would have been tremendous as the, as, the, as the bars heated up, as the floor heated up, they would have just been cooking alive. Tables are smashed. Glassware is everywhere. It, what's you know? The, it, it appears that a fire was just. It was only the beginning. Something, something of such power and destruction. Uh, matter of fact, one of the cage doors has been yanked off, and that body is 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 almost torn in half from the sheer force and the strength. But you don't see Ashenbrenner's meat, the meat man that he claimed. Baloney boy, you know. Baloney boy is our new affectionate. Uh, no baloney boy, got it. Which I really don't think we're going to leave in this. <laughs> Judo pal. <laughs> that will leave in. That we can say. Are there, are there any other officers down in the uh, in the art studio right now? There are, there are people from the local hospital. Um, they recognize that you're finally dressed, so you must be a doctor. But there are people trying to get the bodies out. They've already carried. They're carrying one cage up. They were. You literally, as you came down and you ducked your head to get in from the staircase because of the angle, the that they backed up with a cage and kind of stepped back a little bit. You made your way in. I will take uh, my, my walking stick and tap it twice on the ground like I'm trying to get the attention of uh, my classroom. Okay. Uh, several of the workers stop. They look over at you. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Put things back to as close as their original positions as you can. Touch nothing until I say it is safe. You want us to put this body back, sir? Leave it exactly as it was found. All right, sir. Very, very, very well. Make and sure he... you get all of the angles precise. Um, very well, sir. They try to rearrange it. They put it back, and then they, you know, the, the four men down here step back, and they kind of go up against the wall, and they're with their hands in front of them, you know, in various poses. But just that, okay, well, you're in charge, so what? Do you, we'll wait. What do you need us to do? Just stay right there, please. And he will take out his notebook. And does he see the the metal box that Ashenbrenner described? Yeah. After a few minutes of just walking around and hmm, you know, <laughs> giving those uh, meaningful, deep uh, kind of chest expressions, of, hmm, you do find the uh, the chest off in the back corner. Okay. So I'm not going to go straight to it. I don't want it to look like suspicious. Mm -hmm. So I'll just in my in my notebook. First thing I'm going to write down is no meat man and like kind of underline that. Uh, and then as I'm going through, just kind of looking into each of the cases, oh, yes, there's elbows bent in wrong direction. Hmm. 
Okay, very interesting. Third eye, question mark. With male and female organs present. Very interesting. And just kind of like doing that and, and making little notes about his observations, more out loud than writing them down, uh, and making his way down the road to where the big metal box is. Okay. Uh, and then I will take the tip of my walking stick and just kind of lift it up a little bit and peer in, and it appears to be all, all chemicals and such. Yep. All right. And I will lower it and make a very big dramatic show of reaching into my bag and picking out like huge leather gloves. All right. Turning around to the, the assembled people there. This box. Has anybody touched this box? Um, one guy in the back corner says, uh, I did move it, sir. I just put it over in the corner so we could get things out. Did you look inside, sir? Um, yes, sir. Just uh, some chemicals and Did you touch anything? I, I, I mean, I just opened the box, sir. I, I, I may have moved. I, I don't No, I don't think so, sir. Good, good man. Good man. There's very, very volatile stuff here. Some of it is uh, quite, quite dangerous to the untrained eye. And I, I must take it back to the laboratory to properly catalog and make sure that none of this explodes in anybody's faces. And I will. He yep. says explodes? Both physically and metaphorically. Oh. Do you need help? Well, maybe you should handle it yourself, sir. We're, I'm feeling a bit off today, a little bit jittery. Yes, well, that's uh, to be expected. If you didn't touch anything, you should be fine. Well, um, what What if I happen to just look at the green one, sir? The, the green just one? To... You looked at, you touched the green bottle. I, um, he slaps the guy next to him. He's like, I told you. I, I, yes, sir. Mike had said he thought he might recognize it, sir. But, I, I so put the box back down and lift open the lid real quick and just do like pretend like I'm looking at a label or something. Okay. Slam, not slam, but close the lid again real quick. And the green one. So you need to go to a hospital. <laughs> oh, you, I knew it. Have you felt any burning sensations anywhere? Um, only when I urinate, sir. Oh, oh dear. Yes, no, you most certainly need to go to the hospital. You have been exposed to a very dangerous chemical for men. Uh, it is called estrogen. It, it could have life-altering effects on you. So a small thug tear just begins to roll down his eye. And he's like, I've never heard of estrogen, sir. Could it be fatal? The people who carry estrogen have been known to lose their minds from now and again. Oh, dear. So he lets you, uh, he just sits there frantic and goes upstairs and asks, you know, someone if he could get himself to the hospital. All right. And I will, now that I've gotten everybody in a nice tizzy, I will pick the box up and make my way back up the stairs. Uh, if I am otherwise unimpeded, I will, everybody stand back, stand back, dangerous chemicals coming through. Excuse me, pardon me, doctor coming through. And just like make my way around the block and then just call a regular old cab and take it to the school. So you, you, as you're walking away, you hear Cooper yelling to some people, you know, some workers and stuff that are further down the street. You know, Hey, that man is carrying dangerous estrogen. You need to back up. Cause he's heard the other man say that he's been exposed to estrogen. And yes. So you're, you're able to get away with the, 
with the items, no problem. Now, are you carrying it to university? To make Clash, you'll definitely need to get a carriage. I'm definitely getting a carriage, and I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it straight to my private or lab. I guess private lab at the uh, university. Okay. And uh, put it on a shelf where I know none of the students are going to uh, mess with it. Right. And go straight to class. All right. So you're only a few minutes late for class. Actually, you, for a gentleman of your of your reputation and you know, your legend among the medical community being five minutes late is fashionable. Like you just, you know, the students were all just starting to wonder if class was going to be dismissed and you waltzed in with great, you know, with great fervor and, and ferv and just stood there and went, Oh, gentlemen, sit down, sit down. You're not getting away that easy, that kind of thing. And you go ahead through another lecture about spleens or some other body part that takes you pretty much to almost three 30 uh, when class is dismissed and this was really the only big one that you had today, uh, the lecture. And when you come out, you do see uh, that there is a young man standing outside the the operating theater where you had given your lecture, even though you were not doing physical work. You still had them gathered because you have a fairly large class. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's holding a note, and it's from your policeman friend. Oh, excellent. Uh, I will take the note into my office and read it there. You do so. You shut the door behind you. The note simply states that there's been someone that has turned up in the morgue, odd, as you had described, and it's in the district of Richmond. And he thinks that it may be of, it may be of interest to you if you were able to get there. Excellent. Excellent. I will uh, hold the note up into my waistcoat and make a point of telling everybody about this when we meet up again, I assume I uh, how much time do I have before sunset? Well, right now you're probably hungry again, so you're going to need to get something to eat. Sunset's well, about 6, convenient. six or 6.30. That's yeah, okay. convenient because I wanted to go to a butcher shop. Oh, all right. Very well. So you can make your way to a butcher shop on your way back towards Evelyn's house. And I would – well, I want to I want to stop at the butcher shop if I can. I, you mm-hmm. tell me if I have time for this or not because I okay. don't have an actual watch on right now. Yep. I would like to uh, purchase uh, some mirrors. Well, let's see. Oh, some of those blood sausages, please. And oh, that's a lovely looking goose you have hanging in the window. I'll take the goose as well, please. Shouldn't be a problem. And then I would like to go back, if I have time, again, uh, go back to my place and start uh, cooking up the sausages for a light snack and hang the goose outside the window as if I were draining it. If I understand correctly, we talked a little bit offline about yep. this is how I would get in touch with the Malkavians. Correct. So if you're looking to get in touch with the people of your beloved Agnes's family, um, a, a draining goose outside the back door of your home indicates to them that you have that you have a need. Normally, they would show up in the evenings at some point, uh, but you know they, they definitely find you within 24 hours or so. They get somebody to you. Okay. So you go ahead and take care of that. And absolutely, that's done. All right, and then I will, uh, after having had my delicious blood sausages and a bit of the old red, I will make my way back over to Avalon's. Great. Okay, so we'll say that the evening occurs, um, you know, starting to, the sun is starting to set. You're let in. Anthony is back. Uh, he's just coming on to shift as the sun is setting. Um, he's rubbing the sleep out of his eyes, kind of the, you're the first one to arrive. The others are there, but, you know, you're the first person that she's had come through while he's waking up. Uh, he shows you into the study. Yes, Anthony, uh, some, some tea would be lovely, if you don't mind, sir. Uh, is Earl Grey sufficient, sir, or were you looking for something a little bit more on the exotic? Oh, surprise me. Oh, no. 
Yes, sir. Very well, sir. <laughs> that's just put because now it's like you know your man gave me some tea and it sucked. Now it's you know you just you just you couldn't have said oolong something. All right, so he walks out, just shaking his head like this. Just it's just not going to be a good night. This is just crazy. I thought I was being nice with that exchange after the the previous evening. <laughs> nice is just broomy Earl Grey. <laughs> something you know how to do in the meantime he's trying to find some sort of a hibiscus with peach he's trying to impress so he's making his own blend you have about an hour before this you know every, the sun is at fully down and the others begin to emerge and rosamond that's back over to you so you're at the chantry and uh your building is is maintained in a much in a magical darkness as well the rituals are placed upon your rooms um the wake with evening's freshness are usually done just before you slumber to make sure that nothing, no light whatsoever can get into you. You are protect, you know, it's, it's part of the whole Chantry's defense mechanisms. They are very good at casting it if you didn't do it. So they've laid this curtain of darkness that allows them. And it's not the same that you saw, which is interesting to you because the, when facing Tallulah and Rennie, that darkness was instantaneous. That made you a little bit, off like you've never seen it cast that fast before this is a ritual this is something that takes them time to do with their combined skills the witch sisters of they uh can get this ritual off probably in about 40 minutes you saw evelyn pop it instantly and that's not something you've ever seen done like that before so as you wake it sort of reminds you as you come out of your slumber you're like you know wow this is yeah, wait a minute. She did something that I haven't seen. So the discipline is is definitely sitting in your mind. You do know that you haven't seen the team and that you haven't checked in on Evelyn for a while. So you wake up as Rosamond. What do you want to do? Um, throw a party in celebration, <laughs> I guess, because... Uh, I'm joking. I, it's, 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 mostly, it's my name day. It's my name day. Yay. But I think, like, the first thing would be kind of the vampire equivalent to read the mo- the evening newspaper to see what happened while I was in slumber. What the shit. <laughs> so Okay, so that is done by Rex. So you come downstairs, and if you ask Rex uh, for the important information of the day, Rex is told of anything. Uh, bas- what happens is as the ghouls that are part of clan Tremere and others report in and out that have access to the, the foyer of the house. Um, they whisper to Rex. They may say things like there was a fire last night, you know, the Delatore home burned. There is report of, you know, a, a brutal murder uh, South of the Thames, the, you know, uh, where seven bodies were recovered that had been caged. You're getting, you get basically headline type stuff. Anything that was clan related, Rex would have the simplest amount of information. Otherwise, you would have to check in with the leader of the Chantry. Problem with that right now is the acting leader is right now is they. They are you don't see they anywhere. Your sire has been dispatched, as you well know, to Dublin. So you're not hearing anything specific about Evelyn, but you do hear that Simona that the Delatory home burned. Well, that's unfortunate. She's um. After seeing the map and understanding what could possibly have gone down, she knows that, like, she understands why vague terms as it is, but 
Yeah, just get the information that she can and then tell Rex, like, if my father shows up, tell him I'm indisposed and working in they's interests and no longer his. In, like, a very flippant, like, I'm gonna enjoy this freedom while it lasts. Okay. Yeah, your father has been... The, the, the way you took the conversation, this is going to be a longer than shorter trip. They they have removed him from control of the Chantry and dispatched him to Dublin. That is not something that you do in a day uh, from London, especially as a vampire. The, in travel back then. This is... You don't just make that trip. This is something that's going to probably be weeks. All right, but this is like a general message of yep. Rex. The minute Absolutely. he comes back in, you tell him, I'm working for they, not him. Bye. <laughs> You've made your ind- statement of independence. Yeah. And then she would probably gather some components for rituals that she m- might believe that she'd need, like waking the morning's freshness if she ever gets caught out with the party. And a basic, like, just basically re-equipping herself with her ritual knife, some chalk, components and things like that. And also she'd still have James's pocket watch in her, on her person, because she feels like until her, her vengeance is taken, she's not letting that thing go. You collect the knife, the uh, the skeletal handled knife in the uh, turquoise and onyx design sheath uh, with the with the blade, with the sigils and, and symbols on it that, you know, was fashioned by your father for you. You take that with you. You have a small brass bowl. It's very tiny. It maybe holds three or four ounces of liquid, but that sits inside your purse as well. The dagger you tuck in under your crinoline of your of your petticoat or whatever. And uh, yeah, you're you're a- able to get out and make your way, you know, wherever you wish to go. I'm assuming you're heading for Evelyn's. Yep, she wants to get reconvene with the group and start knowing what Evelyn's house is like. Basically, it's a with uh with Christina now Rosamond, every single thing she does has, kind of has two reasons. So, while she is there for the party and trying to figure out what went wrong with Simona's house, she's also there to spy. Start to spy. Sorry, Evelyn. Spy is a dirty word. Um, just keep an eye on things is the proper expression. Yeah, spying is dirty. That's really good. She already considers me an abomination, apparently. So, (laughs) I mean, that's just the way the her sire raised her in the clan politic of it all. They're not thrilled with you. No, no, I'm not. I'm not resentful of it. I'm not resentful or anything. I'm just saying it's like, yeah, she sees me as an abomination. Damn right, I'm going to be spying. (laughs) Like that's all I'm saying. God. The. The gentleman who picked you up uh, from the night before, you know, from last night, and brought you back with James's body is on duty again. He's able to get you a cart, you know, a, a carriage, puts you in it. Uh, you're moving about just as the sun is like the sun is still not quite set, and you're making your way. You're starting to move because again, it, yours is actually a funerary hearse. The that's what the clan has for its people when they need to move about. The windows are fully blackened out, and you're only going to be in it for a short time before the sun is fully down anyway. So even if you were to be exposed at this point, it would be moderate. You know, you'd be able to get to shelter before anything serious burned you or whatever. So as the others are awakening and Evelyn's making her way downstairs with her guests to join join with Dr. Jackal, you are finding yourself out the front stoop of the Wolf Shipping Company. What do you want to do? 
take in the neighborhood, take in the home, memorize every detail that she can. It's just the way of the way of things. She sends quickly to the Tremere a flash of what it looks like. She knows what it is, but it's like, here's where I am. And if you haven't heard from me, this was my last known location. Yeah, you're able to you're able to psychically project the thought of Evelyn's door and her building. And then I go up and does it have like a fancy knocker? Uh, it has a it, it has a bell. Yeah, you can ring. All right. I ring the bell. All righty. So Evelyn, you're in the kitchen checking on Dr. Jackal's uh, this fresh brew, a scent you've it's it's something you've never smelled before that Anthony is brewing uh, that's steeping in the pot. He said this is he's like, madam, it's my third attempt, but the, the doctor's been very patient. He's um, he doesn't like the floral notes as much, ma'am. I, I'm, I'm finding that out, but I'm, I'm almost there. I think I, I think I've almost perfected it. And the, the bell goes off and he's like, oh, someone's going to have to get that tea. And he because it's going to oversteep and then it'll be ruined. And he makes his way to the front door, hearing the, the bell go off, and opens it and says, Yes, may I help you? Hi, my name is Rosamond Henshaw. I'm here to speak with Miss Evelyn Wolfe. Are you, are you expected, miss? Yes, but before you go see your mistress, she may know me by the name Christina, so please inform her that I have arrived. Uh, 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 just as Christina, ma'am, no last n- So you're Rosamond Henshaw, but Christina is your first name, ma'am? Christina was my old name. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, pl- please, if you'll just p- give me a moment. And he shuts the door softly and walks over and says, Evelyn, there's a, a-, a Miss Christina here. Oh. <sighs> um, Dr. Jackal, perhaps we can bring this um, concoction that Anthony has so kindly prepared up to the parlor. I do believe yes, uh, Miss Sumner has arrived. Excellent. Uh, and Anthony, I, I do believe, do you have a cousin on the police force? Uh, <laughs> in London, sir? Yes, yes. Two of them, sir. I, I do believe I had the pleasure of meeting one of them earlier today. Let's not let that slip to him, though. Could be bad for most of us. He's a real player, sir. Well, ladies love that man. If you say so. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, Evelyn, uh, Ashenbrenner, Simone, are you joining the rest of the team real quick in the in the lounge? Uh, in the study, rather? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the group's about to reconvene. Okay. So, Evelyn, did you give Anthony permission to to let her in? Just making sure. Uh, yes, I, Anthony is going to let her in. I'm bringing the guests into the study. Understood. So, Christina uh, Rosmond, the door opens for you. He says, "The lady, the mistress of the house, ma'am, will will see you. She'll attend you in the study." And he lets you in and looks left and right outside the door and shuts it behind you and closes it over and just escorts you down the hall to the study and and shows you in. Before she. Before, like, she leaves him, she kind of gives him the once-over, like, observing him from head to toe, and it's like, you're not very bright, are you? It's coming off him like a scent. Well, it's all right. You don't need to be smart for me, honey. And she, like, gives him a light pat on the cheek before entering the room. (laughs) Stop accosting my manservant! All right, before we begin the the whole thing- (laughs) 
I didn't hire. I didn't hire him for his looks. No, no, for his brain. I. Hi- <laughs> In the background. <laughs> no, I hired him because he looks like Timothy freaking Chalamet, not that he's Albert Einstein. Oh shit, Lauren. I did not I'm not doing a Timothy Chalamet voice. No, I'm not I thought he looked more like Barney Fife. <laughs> you don't Look, have to. Let me have this a, in my mind. There's a reason I did this, but everyone who is now in the study, if you did not know Christina or what she looked like beforehand, looked like very proper looking, hair pulled back in the right ways, neutral looking face, she would have been a completely different person. You wouldn't have recognized her if you hadn't spent like two nights with her already. Hair's mostly down, very bold eyeliner, and like as what you could with coal and dark red lips, plunging neckline on the dress but still appropriate-ish for the time but she looks completely different and she just has this wicked little smirk on her face it's like she it's like the cat that ate the canary it's it's very interesting a plunging neckline in victorian england would have not been appropriate but if you have one that's fine it's what she like as plunging as you could without people going whore but it's it's just like a descriptor whatever yeah so no, that's okay. I'm I'm just saying. So if, if you said plunging and acceptable, I'm just giving you a heads up. Most people would have said, or if you showed like you know the base of your neck, that's but that's true. okay. Well, not a problem. Yeah. So you dress the you you've described her the way you want. That's perfectly fine. She's a little on the edge. She's edgy. Yep. Okay. She enters. She enters the parlor. Yep. Uh, Miss Sumner, why are you dressed like a harlot? And we're off. <laughs> <laughs> she takes off her gloves and just chuckles. It's like, ah, uh, you know how much I hate that last name. I don't know why Thomas insisted that. God. H- hold on. Simona is just looks very confused. Like she's been through an ordeal and now she's starting to wonder if, you know, everyone else is making the connection or maybe she's dreaming and maybe all of this is just a figment of her imagination. She looks at her and she goes, you're Christina, correct? The one yes. who accompanied us? But the, no. You just don't... Okay. Have you been <laughs> hanging out with Miss Mitzi? My, my God. Uh, I'm just watching dear. this like tennis. Wait, do people say hanging out in Victorian? Have you been associating with Miss Mitzi? Unfortunately, I have not had the pleasure, but... My dear friends, I have news to share with you. Um. No, Evelyn, let's, let, let, let's hear her news. Yes? Wh- what would you like us to call you? By my real name, Rosamond Henshaw. A pleasure. And she, ha- like, puts out her hand to uh, Miss Simona because she's the one that's been interacting with her the most. Simona extends her hand and lightly takes it, but she's also kind of looking at her like, okay, we're going to see where this goes. I know it must be very confusing, but believe me, it all makes sense when I tell you why. But the news, I have officially been promoted. I am now, as you say... No, you're... I'm above you're an apprentice now, and but... Still a, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're a full practitioner. You're a, you're a witch. You're a Tremere witch. I am now. So she says, I am now no longer an apprentice, but a fully realized witch of my clan. So this will only aid us in our, in our exploits. And her hands are gestating very wildly, but she's very, she's so excited. She's almost giddy and shaking. So are you like excited schoolgirl or Helena Bonham Carter at the end of Sweeney Todd? Good question. Like with your gesturing. I have never seen that movie. Basically, are, okay, are you like totally so, is insane nervous from energy eating psychotic or just really excited to, to you know, take this new car for a spin? Real, like, I just got the fancy car, like you said, and it's like, yay, not psychotic. She's just super, gotcha. super into this. Like electric, like current firing. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Because I was getting a real Malkavian kind of like psychopath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she she's joining the family kind of vibe going on. Yeah, but... no, she's more just excited energy. Okay. Hmm. Evelyn is making a cup of tea and pointedly, like, I this will explain itself. I don't need to be involved. She's making tea. Well, I I understood the word promotion. I don't quite understand how a woman in our day and age can be promoted to anything, no offense Ms. Wolf, but I suppose congratulations are in order? Yes, it was a rather unusual evening, but it ended so well that I could hardly sleep during the day, I swear. This was good news. This is excellent news. You do understand what has happened last night. Yes, Simona couldn't sleep either, and neither could I, because a large man made of meat destroyed our homes. I'm glad you had that... a great night, though, Rosie. Okay, her expression immediately turns, like, fierce, and like, don't call me Rosie, I've been called by a stupid name for 280 years. Rosamond, please. Everyone, I would like to announce that my name is now Basil Wigglebottom. <laughs> I'm going to give Rosamond a look and then pull the map out and hold it to her. Do any of these look familiar to you? And Laugh your all you want, Ashenbrenner. But if Basil, you had been subject... <laughs> Basil, please. La- fine. Basil, Ashenbrenner, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. Mr. I've been given my true name better. I've been given my true, true name back. And that is something that I am excited for. Unfortunately, I do feel sorry for what happened to you two. It is a strange occurrence, but one I am willing to investigate with you all. And she goes to the map. Yeah, you, you, you get across in the most cryptic way possible that there's been some sort of a name change promotion they're not sure exactly what nobody's you know why asking, it was such a big nobody's deal nobody's asking you. the question yeah. so uh she's just gonna just shut up and get in there's like, a no, lot horatio yeah, horatio did throw it out that he understands promotion but nothing else so if you wanted to use that as your open door it's it's more of like her name change that she's more excited about because it's like, okay, I finally deserve this, but it's like her name being called Rosamond again, which is why she did not like it when Ashenbrenner called her Rosie. It's like, 
uh, we, I understand all that. I'm just saying that if you want to take a moment to, as you're looking over the map to explain that you've been locked into a false name for 200 years, then people would understand if you want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I've also known her for a couple days. So it's like, yeah. So it's, nobody your recognizes name? Christine, the fact. Christina Rosamond. Oh, I must have misheard. Yeah. So just if if you want to take the moment and, and RP that out real quick, Kay, was, and then I'll tell you what to make a roll for on the map. Do you want to just tell everybody why it was such a big deal? Especially in Magic. Not having your true name in Magic is a big deal. So Ms. Henshaw, Christina is an odd name for a first name of Rosamond. How, how does that work exactly? Well, in short... My father was, uh, first of all, little backstory. Do any of you know the name Christina de Pazzano? She was an author in the 1300s? No. Well, Can I make some sort of like academics check to see if I know that? I'm afraid that was before my time, darling. Yeah, is that like linguistics plus intelligence or what would that be? It'd be, um, yeah, you could use linguistics and intelligence uh, since it's English. Anybody who's been, like the doctor may have, he's an Oxford education, but it's it's just, she was a she was an author, a woman author way ahead of her time. Uh, she did. Right roll 7D10. I'll go ahead and roll it. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll give you the info because I did the research on her, but if like, or the DM could do it, but I just, whatever. That's okay. Just just an overview for now. I mean, is all they need. Just Jeez, so they understand why it was important. three successes and two critical successes. Okay, Ashenbrenner dated her. Um, <laughs> one regular success and four critical successes. Jesus. And ja and Jackal was her ex. <laughs> so they know they if, both slept they, with her. They actually know if they were. I just wasted my best roll of the night on. Ditto. Ditto. Check. Yeah, yeah. We just lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you do know is that she wrote the tale of Joan of Arc, and her father was Thomas de Pazzano, a court astrologer to one of the French kings back in the 1300s. Very ahead of her time, she wrote love sonnets and stuff like that. But based, And there are portraits of her, possibly, like, around London and Italy, but that's what you know. And so she, once you, like, give her the confirmation that you know her, well, my sire was her father, embraced during the early years of my clan. But because we weren't trying to turn people at an enormous rate back in the day since we were so new, he never had the chance to turn his daughter whom he loved so dearly. Flash forward to Queen Elizabeth. I was born, and apparently I look just like her. She says this kind of petulantly and, like, annoyed. I was 15, I believe, when we first met. His name was Thomas Sumner at the time. Court astrologer to Queen Elizabeth then found out that I had a gift for tower reading, but then he started to encourage me to write like she did, speak Italian to him, and then he started calling me Christina. When I was embraced, he forced me to take her name, forcing me to lose my true name for so long, and I've never been able to get out of it. But now, now, I am finally free of it, and I am... So happy that I am unfortunately being a horrid woman to act so joyfully during this time of crisis. So apologies for that. Rosamund, I promise I will throw you the bloodiest bash ever afterward. Just, just afterward. 
keep your happy little light inside until we murder the things that are trying to murder us. That's all I ask. I can do that. So so the map is laid out before you. Go ahead and make a, a intel. Um, yeah, let's do intel and a cult. There's one one and uh, no critical successes, just five regular successes. You still covered it with no problem. Okay, so yeah, you look at it, and within moments, you, you're able to look up and you announce to the group that these are the sim- these are Kabbalist symbols, and that they are they're definitely not in Tremere magic. They fall under the the purview of the Magi of the of of actual human type mages. I relay this information. They're definitely not Tremere symbols. Nothing related to us here, but they are very. Reminiscent to whatever arcane it would be that would be Kabbalist, like pagan or druidic and stuff like that. No, Kabbalah Kabbalah is its own style. Oh, Kabbalah is its own style. So there you go. Yep. So human magic, Tevi Brankowitz, perhaps? Angry little bastard? Without a doubt, she says. It could easily be Tevi's magic. I'm beginning to want to meet this man. Not exactly a charmer. Pleasant to be around. Dangerous as anything. I'd sooner cut his head off than speak with him. You know, I did say we should try and cut his head off earlier, but everybody thought that was a horrible idea. Now everybody wants to cut Tevi's head off. I believe what we were not uh, about was dressing up as demons and prancing about in his bedroom. Nobody had put cutting heads off on the table. Well, anybody can cut someone's head off, Doctor, as you know, but to do it in style is something else. I would like it known that, yes, I'd like to cut his head off. It's also not a prudent, potentially not a prudent thing to do. Seeing And there is uh, also the distinct possibility that it could be another user of the Kabbalah. I remember vaguely with our initial meetings with the uh, prince, he had said something about Tevi's Son also being a prominent practitioner of these arts. The doctor makes an excellent point. Rosamond, did you have something? She would interject if Tevi is the one that wrote this map or any of his followers, they would all be either working together because he is the head of that sector of magic here in London. And unfortunately... You all don't really have that much protection against mages of that higher rank. And there's only so much there's one Tremere can do. A, also the possibility of a rogue faction. As, uh, as I'm sure any student of history can attest, sometimes the biggest players are made by those working in the shadows and not to the knowledge of their superiors. The possibility. And I, I do... Uh, not to change the subject, but before I forget, I do need to point out that and I pulled a note from my uh, pocket cop out of my out of my waistcoat. There's also been a discovery in the borough of Richmond, one of my uh, scouts for my students looking for a little bit of extra credit. Uh, has been told to keep an eye out for any bodies featuring disfigurements or other such things, uh, such as uh, we've been told about these Nosferatu chaps. And uh, the Morgan Richmond might prove 
quite beneficial to us, given what was dredged out of the Thames this morning. Excellent. Just to put us a little bit more on task with finding Bartholomew, that, that particular puzzle may be solved right here and now. Well, right now, my concern is Elijah, and potentially, if this meat man who you say was not apparent in my haven, that means he survived this, which means either tonight or tomorrow, it is potentially going to attack Elijah. So I would like to suss out whether or not we should let it attack him, or if we should try and join forces with him. Yes, well, uh, no, no meat man, but I did, uh, I don't believe I mentioned this, I did retrieve your box of uh, concoctions, and uh, I do have some notes on the most interesting things, or what was left of some most interesting things in your workspace, Ashenbrenner. Uh, we should reconvene at a later time to discuss that now. Capital. Thank you, Doctor. Simona, what do you want to, how do you want to, as Ashenbrenner said, suss out this idea of Elijah? Is it allow the events to unfold, or is it time to go visit the, the Primogen? Well, Ashenbrenner, do you think that we should go and try to make an appearance and request an audience with Elijah, or do you think that we should wait outside his estate and see what happens and intervene if necessary? What do you think our best course of action would be? I'd like to look the man in the eyes before I determine whether or not to let a seven and a half foot tall meat golem skull fuck him to death. I was hoping you'd say that. Minus the skull fucking, but yes. No one likes the skull fucking. I believe it's time to go. Why not? It sounds like a fitting revenge. I think I like you better than Christina. Rosamund. (laughs) So the Toreadors are speaking and it appears that they are going to go off by them. Uh, I guess you're saying you're going off by yourselves. The other three, the best lead at the moment that seems to have is the fact that Bartholomew may be lying in a morgue somewhere in uh, the Richmond Hospital, the the District Hospital of Richmond. Uh, Is that something that the three of you would like to investigate? Before we set off, um, I would just like to ask Rosamund, um, is there anything you could tell uh, someone who is not a practitioner of any sort of magic at all uh, to avoid or hinder a seven and a half foot tall meat man covered in sigils. So Rosamond, it's uh, the type of magic is you could possibly thwart some of it, but you would have to see how it's been prepared, what uh, protections are upon it. You're not even sure what it's being, what, what it's using for fuel or to give it life. Ashenbrenner, just as a a quick aside to that note, Go ahead and give me a intel and do you have an investigation or knowledge, anything in the knowledges that might help with relaying a, a something you you may have not explained in full to her um, like, as an idea? I have linguistics, politics, and science. science. Yeah. Go ahead and take science and okay, one, two, three, three successes. Okay, you remember something about its insides, something that it secreted when you wounded it. Yes, yeah. So I'll mention that uh, it, it stank of uh, holy herbs, and uh, it was it was a blackish purple ichor. Yeah, Rosmond, you realize that it's been protected in in a way that is to deter uh, wounds and and physical damage from 
just your type of creature, vampires. The um, it's been filled with the with myrrh and you know holy water or whatever blessings have been laid upon it have been done in such a way that as you know it's it is generating it is generating almost a divine righteousness in the casting of this spell. So you would have to you would really have to find some heinous form of magic. You couldn't get close. You wouldn't be able to use your disciplines per se. You would have to do some sort of a capturing ritual and that would definitely take time to research and and, and create. And it was called the Holy Protector by this girl who may or may not be my soulmate. <laughs> exactly. Ashen Brenner has found love. Or, or I've found like, I've found admiration. Love is such a big little word. They're going to need a lot more commitment in before the L word comes out. That's like true. Like perhaps she delivers a body to him for fun. <laughs> well, she did potentially save my life last night. Um... So we'll see what happens. Oh. All right. So, Simona, is this? We. It seems that the Toradors are dead set on going. Evelyn, would you get the, uh, Anthony to call them a cab, or would you let them have use of your handsome? You probably keep yours for yourself and the Doctor and uh, Rosamond, correct? Oh, absolutely. If I don't have a a second one, which I use for, um, like travel for like longer distance travel, not my nice city coach. I would give it to them. If not, I would absolutely call them a cab. How many how many background points do you have in finance or wealth or industry? Four. You have a oh, second cab. Um, between industry and wealth, seven. You have a third cab. Okay. <laughs> you have one that you take to Dover to, to, to when you actually, the ships are coming in. Um, then you have the one that you use around town, and then you have your long jaunt one that's far more comfortable but seats a few less people, but that's fine. Okay. But um, needless to say, I give them full use of my second carriage. Take Anthony if you'd like. It doesn't matter to me. No, 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 no. He's <laughs> no, just, what the fuck? No. <laughs> I would rather take a dead monkey without a brain and chain it to my face. <laughs> Yes, he was coming in with biscuits and yes, tea, Anthony. and he just freezes in the doorway. <laughs> you are perhaps not the most incompetent human I have ever met, but I haven't met all the humans. I would like for... I have feelings, sir. <laughs> he puts the tray down. Anthony, darling. Yes. I don't have to take this you, you don't. You don't. He has uses. Am I lying? Anyone? Am I lying? Am I lying? She, Doctor, am I lying? My mom would say so, sir. Did she so, die and in so, childbirth? And, Did you kill her? Was she too stupid to spit you out of her disgusting... Ashenbrenner. And so would my cousin on the fourth, sir. I was going to he, say, you've not met his cousin. I, I, I give Anthony credit where it's due. This is a very delightful cup of tea, eventually. And at least if I showed him a green bottle of formaldehyde and told him that it was estrogen, he probably wouldn't think he got some sort of terrible disease. Can you get a disease in a bottle, sir? I'd be willing to put money on that, doctor. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you take, for example, and he starts rummaging through his bag, 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen people terrorize an NPC to this level. This is just the vampire brings out the worst. Oh, this is and this isn't trying to be nice to him once again. He's trying. <laughs> Simona, I am not terrorizing. I am getting honest with him. Wait. I know you were. Simona, I know you were. Everybody's. Simona goes. If I wasn't in mourning, I'd say that Anthony was handsome. Albeit a little. Not all there, but. Handsome, nonetheless. Evelyn, no, he's gay. Evelyn, he's gamey. Okay. Evelyn slams her teacup down on the table. For the millionth time, I did not hire him because he was an excellent footman, an excellent really? butler. No, I didn't. I hire oh. him. No, yes, I keep him for, to put this delicately, exercise. Can we please stop insulting him? Oh, he's Does a he personal trainer. I understand. Because I'd be very interested to know what that's like. Oh, sweet dear. Okay, and on that I'm, note, oh oh anyway, God. back on to uh, I'll try the, to stop him him, but I I can't try, but I'll promise to try. What? I meant he can take. A, he just walks out. <laughs> I meant he can take more than the average out. human. I'm just saying it's useful in certain situations. My God. So. so Anthony goes out and calls for the red cab. Um, so try, trying to get this back on track yep, slightly. Oh my God. In the um, I have a three in subterfuge. If we were trying to go to the morgue as unforgettable as possible, would that allow me to know that I should suggest maybe not taking like the linged out, you know, formal carriage? Depends on how you want to play it, Dr. Jackal. If you're going in as that this person may or may not be a relative of the woman, the women that you're escorting and you're the top physician in London and you've been assigned to this case, if you play it up that way, no one's going to think twice. If you go in trying to be, you know, on, on the DL, then yeah, then coming in a coach like that may raise suspicions. Okay, because I, I have to assume that, you know, with my stature, once we get inside the hospital it will be impossible for people to not know who I am. Um, especially once we get down to the morgue. But as far as just the average, you know, copper on the street, I don't want them to think twice about this, especially if we end up having to abscond with a body. Right. Okay. No, then, um, well, just because you have a body, you may say to her, listen, <laughs> I don't know what condition he's going to be in, but it's, it seems that he's whole. That he's in one piece. Uh, do you really want a Nosferatu all over these chairs and one who's possibly been floating in a river or some other situation or the sewer? So, Eve Evelyn, that may that may in itself give you pause to use a different coach, something a little more subdued. Okay. Okay. So I, I will, um, Ms. Wolf, getting slightly back off of the topic of Anthony, at least for now. My uh, God. Might I suggest if you have a lesser used carriage or one that's maybe brings uh, the you know, wet goods into the residences. We are talking about the possibility of uh, one of your associates being in a less than alive state who has been residing in a sewer until very recently. Oh, you need a hearse? Uh, I was hoping for something a little bit less attention grabbing. Oh. Once we're in the hospital proper, I 
there will be no helping that people may recognize me and uh, that may actually aid us in getting a body out of the hospital. But, well, I want the average uh, Bobby on the street, as they're colloquially known, to not take a second glance at our mode of transportation. I will have a different uh, servant arrange for a less conspicuous uh, mode of transport. Excellent idea, Doctor. All right. So you hire a regular cab to take you to the morgue with Evel- with uh, Rosamond, <clears throat> Evelyn, and Dr. Jackal. They go one way. The handsome that you own, the beautiful red one, makes its way towards Elijah Beaumont's house. We're going to stick with uh, Ashenbrenner and Simona for a few minutes. So you guys make your way. The carriage makes its way up back into the uh, the higher district of the city. You, uh, you're there in about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. The, it's already, you know, fully dark outside. It, it some time had passed. It's probably like closing in on 9 PM and the house itself the, is gated at the front. There's nobody guarding the, there's no, um, people outside in the guard boxes that would normally allow you entrance. The house appears to be locked down as far as the shutters are still drawn and closed. There's light pushing through them from the inside. The house isn't in any way, shape or form abandoned, but it's definitely not open looking as if it's going to receive guests. So you go up to the front door and there's a very large ornate knocker, um, you know, and you, I guess, Simona, do you go ahead or Ashenbrenner, somebody go ahead and knocks. I would let Ashenbrenner do it because uh, the last time I spoke with Elijah, he was not that happy with me. So I think I'm going to let him go first. The do- you see the door is is just this very large ornate door. It does have glass and there is some form of uh, drapery or curtain barring the glass, you know, blocking the glass itself. The glass, you see the curtain open just ever so slightly and someone look out and within a moment the door clicks only a, maybe a two inches, opens up just a little bit and says, Ashenbrenner? It's Philip. You know him to be one of Elijah's courtly, you know, just pretty boys that hangs out around the house. Good dude, or is he insufferable? Uh, no, he's a Toreador that hangs out with a Primogen. He's, he plays the game very well, but he's... Kind of a lapdog. Yeah, I mean, if you really got to know him, he's okay, he's okay. fine. But but yes, he is definitely not... Go- he would never break any type of face or form with a Gotcha, lot. okay. His existence is that man. That's basically what it is. Philip. Good evening. Are you expecting uh, some sort of a hurricane? Things look a little inhospitable. From the reports from uh, Miss Delatore, from Miss Delatore and things that we're hearing, Ashenbrenner, the hurricane is already upon us. What are you doing here? You two should not be here. Why is that? I'm here to ask Elijah a few questions about something, I don't know, seven and a half feet tall, stinks of rotting cock. Um... Ashimner, I don't know what you're speaking of, but you really should go, however you came in. This is not the time. The clan is assembled, and the two of you are persona non grata right now. And he starts to close the door. He says, I'm 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 sorry. That door from closing. uh, I am in the clan. Simona is in the clan. Simona chose to leave. 
And you, Ashenbrenner, you made no appearance last night. Yes, that's because I was being harassed by a seven and a half foot tall man made of meat, covered in sigils, and I need to address Elijah about it. And Elijah knows that I went to go and find and save Ashenbrenner. I'll try and brandish the map if if he can see it through the crack and just point at Elijah's, point at Simona's house, point at mine, point at Elijah's, and then the moon phase and say, this is where things are happening tonight and I need to speak with Elijah before it does. We're here to bring information. <sighs> the two... Wait here a moment. You, please, allow me to at least close the door for a modicum of decency for a moment. Philip, when have you ever known me to be decent? It's rhetorical. Go get Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he shuts the door over, closes it, uh, and in a few moments um, comes back and says, Very well, you have uh, been given permission to enter, please. To the to the grand staircase, he'll meet you in in the great hall. Philip, don't let anyone ever say you're a spineless lackey. I wouldn't think anyone would but you, Ashenbrenner. Lady Delatore, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you, Philip. Shuts the door, and you make your way in. And Elijah is standing there and speaking, and he is standing next to Tevi Brankowitz. And Simona, you immediately notice that he is showing them one of the more recent paintings that had been recovered by Bastion uh, in your home that had burned to the ground. And he's explaining to Tevi the beautiful countryside. It was one of the scenes that you painted not far from your home in Northern Italy. And uh, he's going over the, the, the brilliant use of, of light and color and how you're able to capture the meadow just ever so ever so carefully and you froze a moment in time beautifully and he sees you two of you come in and he goes hmm what an unlikely couple he says um i see that you've returned to me simona and i see that you have one of my paintings from my home that burned to the ground if you can call it that an ashenbrenner well he looks at you he ignores exactly what you said says, I see that you are still standing. That is very good for us. We are pleased that you are here. Even if you are a little caustic to my, to my friends and those of us have already gathered. Philip says that you were a little insistent upon being a bait entrance. Well, yes, because I was almost killed last evening by something between seven and eight feet tall made of meat. I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself. So I'll skip to it. Simona's home was destroyed. My home was destroyed. And then I'll hold up the map and say, and yours is next, either this evening or tomorrow evening. Tevi Brankowitz starts to laugh. Your home was never in danger. There was just the things inside the home. It had to look a certain way. You were never you were never to be targeted. Nothing was going to happen to you. And what about my home? What about my things? Your, the same it's the same thing. It's it's we had planned on actually your home wasn't supposed to happen exactly the way it happened. Things sort of went awry. But it's uh that's neither here nor there. Uh, Elijah, they seem to be Yes, Tevi, I'm aware. Simona Ashenbrenner, please. 
Come with us. Heavy. And he walks you. I have not yet had the pleasure. Why is there a seven and a half foot tall man made of meat destroying my home? Things had to appear as if the Tory. Well, let me have Elijah explain it to you. This, the, the, but I see that you found my map. So that's a problem because that wasn't supposed to be found by Oopsie you. Poopsie. Hold on. I don't want anyone else to speak until I get to the bottom of this. What do you mean it was supposed to look like this? My entire staff is gone. Bastion is dead. Was that in your plan? And you hear Elijah say, Bastion is not dead, Simona. Come with me, I'll explain. So he leads you out to the back pat towards the back patio into the conservatoire. And he sits, you know, he's like, have a seat. And he walks over and he opens up this beautiful just cherry wood, just rich looking box that people keep like personal letters and things in. And he walks over to you and he hands you the letter and he puts it into your, pl- into your hand. And it's, is addressed to Simona Della Torre, this envelope. And he says, start by reading that. And then I will answer any of your questions for the two of you. Simona stands. She takes the letter in her hands and she, is her hands are shaking and she's just trying to rip it open and she reads it. Simona, all is well, my dear. As you read this, I am en route to our home at the foot of the Alps. Stay in London. Trust Elijah. Once KF is neutralized, I will return and explain everything about my absence. Be strong, my darling. Bastion Moreau. And Elijah claps his hands and several beautiful brunette women, a redhead, a couple of blondes, start carrying in your your paintings that had been hanging in your house, Simona. And they lay, they lean them up against the wall of the conservatory where the glass French doors would empty into the back of the house. Uh, you're just like, what the hell? And all the, the artwork that had recently been acquired by Bastion every piece that you could cite to memory that you had collected and left in London appears up against the walls. Elijah says, the two of you, I'm sorry. I realize I've done some damage to your personal property, but in the case of Simona, Bastion was aware of our plan. Ashenbrenner, unfortunately you were the luck of the dice. I needed someone else to show to make it appear as if Kiernan Fraser is moving against us. I came to Tevi, explained to him everything about the situation with the Hellfire Club, knowing that he would be angry, that Kiernan was allowing vampires from all over the Europe to come in and partake in a party that had been predetermined by a luck of a draw prior to that, that the Malkavians were going to host and that he was going to use everything in his power to displace or ruin us in front of everyone. We had no chance to live, to be who we are any longer. Kiernan was going to make his move. I moved first. Unfortunately, the map was left, which planted it to Bartholomew. He took it as being real passed information on to Kiernan, but I was hoping that with the summoning of an Archon that owed me a favor through 
our friend Gregory, that I would be able to pull enough pieces together to make Kiernan look inept and have the Archon do the dirty work for us. We need him gone. And I realize I've done some damage to the two of you, and I've put you through a bad evening. I will make it up to you. I promise. And Tevi's like, that's what I'm trying to say. The golem was never meant to harm you. It was only meant to go in and smash things up, to cause a ruckus, to make it appear that everyone had turned against this noble man and his bloodline and his kin. I can tolerate, I can accept that there are more creatures in this world than are a part of my magic. My people can handle it, but you are not going to use us. I told you, I told the, the, you when you came, lady, to my, to my home, I said we would do whatever it took to defend ourselves. And I then, that immediately dispatched a word and told Elijah to move the plan into action that I had, I had no further misgivings. I knew Kiernan was going to let us become cattle and I wasn't going to have that happen. I'm going to walk right up to Elijah. The thing that enrages and disgusts me more than this piss puddles meat boy destroying my art is that you did not trust me with this information. I'm going to walk out. Uh, he says, Ashenbrenner. Of all of my children that I govern in this city, who comes to the fewest meetings? Who attends the fewest of my parties? Who has the collection of more new art and less of the classics? I will help you recapture your... I will do anything I can to put you back into a position where you can create. But please understand, I Simona is literally at the left hand of me every dinner party. She and her side, but Bastion made the generous offer. He was aware of this situation, but Ashen Brenner, you've never wanted to be a part of the politics. You have always kept yourself just out of my arm's reach, my son. You know this. I would let you suckle on my wrist, Ashen Brenner, if I thought that you were an ally that I could come to in the moment of great despair. But you are a loose cannon at times, my friend. What was I supposed to do with this? I had to set the plan in motion. And I'm sorry that some of it became the flotsam and jetsam of your art. I will do what I can to repair it. But we must let this stand. The, th the two of you now have connections close to Kiernan. You must keep feeding them bad information. You must keep making them think that we are being hunted. Keep Kiernan in the dark just a little while longer while Tevi and I put the final pieces into play. And we will get rid of that fuck and take the city for ours. I'll send you a list of the chemicals you've destroyed. I'm going to walk out. Simona is, this whole time, she has just been rereading the letter, just looking at her painting, just processing everything. And she just looks at Elijah and she goes, you tell me everything that you are able to tell me from now on. I no longer wish to be kept in the dark. This was hell. The past 24 hours were absolute hell. I have been in this great city under your rule. For the past 150 years, I have been by your side. I have contributed art. If the art is still here, Simona, I would never have damaged the art. 
The people are replaceable. Simona. We had to make it look like a grisly attack. We had to do something. All those things were meant. The dust, the, the pinky ring, all of it was meant to provoke Mary Reed to investigate these happenings. It was all to build a case against Kiernan. The building can be replaced. The people can be replaced. The art is safe. And I feel for Ashenbrenner. I do, but... You said Bastion made a generous offer. What was it? To be a part, to leave. That he would put you... Simona, I, did I think you were going to jump into a burning building? No, the fire was supposed to die out and then Mary Reed would arrive and investigate and find the ring. She would investigate Bartholomew and run across Rennie and see the map. The map? It was a masterpiece, the map. He's like, but now your friends have been so efficient that some of these pieces have been taken out of play. Or at least change the narrative. Calm Ashenbrenner down, Simona. Do it for the family. Keep... The Tremere, and especially that Lysandra bitch that Kiernan counts on to do everything and keep them away just a little longer. We can bring the city to its knees. We can stop the embarrassment. We can stop the feeding ground restrictions. We can stop Kiernan if we just have a few more nights. Simona looks at him and goes... If you didn't think for one moment that I would run into a burning building to save someone who I love and care for, then you don't know me at all. Tell me, Elijah, where's Bartholomew in all this? Has that been a part of this plan too, or is he actually missing? We have him. Where? Why would I tell you that, young miss? I have no idea. We're not even sure that you're understanding the whole plan yet or that you're in board. Give your swell fealty to the Elijah. Give him your love and blessing. Tell him that you understand why he did what he did. And then perhaps I will let you know some more of what where our involvement is. But Bartholomew, eh, he's safe. He's not going to be going anywhere for quite some time. Simona is silent and staring Tevi down. Just the kind of stare like, how dare you talk to me this way? You have no right to talk to me this way. You have no idea how quickly I can end you. Uh, At this, this range, in this place, yeah, you probably Oh, yeah, can. no, it's I am fueled by rage. I'm just staring, and then I just look at Ashenbrenner. Oh, I've left. I'm, I've I've oh. left the building, yeah. Oh, you walked all the way out, oh, Ashenbrenner? I'm, I'm okay. the fuck out, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know that was a fuck out oh, yeah. move. I apologize. Mike, Mike no, okay. drops, sorry. yeah. Oh, no, I thought that you went into the other room. So then in that case, I go. Well, Ashenbrenner, can we hold on to that thought for a minute? Because if you're trying to leave the walk past Philip by the door, um, I want to just really quick go through the physical force you want to do to push him out of the way. Go ahead, Simona. No, um, I just say, gentlemen, let me go speak to Ashenbrenner about everything that happened this evening. And then I turn and I go to follow Ashenbrenner. You hear, are you allowed, you're not going to let them leave. You're not going to let her go to him. Uh, Elijah, if, they, I mean, we just spilled our guts. This doesn't work. We're going to, we could put ourselves in great danger. And you hear him, Elijah's like, Simona, I need to know that you're on board. At least tell me that you'll keep quiet and that you're on board. How far away is Ashenbrenner? 
he's at the front door. So Asher you've walked out. You're at the front door. Philip is saying, please don't leave. Please don't go. You know, now that you've been entered, he's like, Asher he allowed me to enter, but then said, please, you know, you must stay. Elijah's trying to, he's trying to explain. I'll turn around and, and just uh, project so, so he can hear me. <clears throat> Elijah, you know how few fucks I give about politics. I don't care what you're doing. Let me go and make the art I was made to create. I'll turn back and, Philip, please move now. Elijah steps into the doorway. Tevi's behind him. Tevi is just doing that that little toady thing of just, you can't let them go like this. If he gets out, if he says something to the wrong people, he's going through the whole thing. Simona. You're, you can see Ashenbrenner at the end of the hallway, standing by the front door, and he's de- he, you can see he's, his body language says, I want to go. My mouth language says I want to go. <laughs> no, your mouth, mouth language is very loud, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my best to close the distance between myself and Ashenbrenner because I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do, but I'm worried that Ashenbrenner is either going to try something or Elijah might try something. So I'm trying to get as close as I can to intervene if necessary. Okay. Now you're right in front of, you You know, you make your way down to about six or seven feet from Ash and Brenner. He's, he's, he wants out and it's going to turn physical quickly. You, yeah, I would I'm, assume. I'm waiting but for Philip this to way. move. <laughs> yeah. Um, Philip's, Philip has to make a call, but the call right now is Elijah's looking at him like, we don't want him to go yet. You know, I need to know that these guys, that everyone's on the same, at least they may not like the answer, but the answer is not going anywhere, but in this house. So Simona, you, what do you want to say? I look at Elijah and I say, I don't like this plan one bit. However, I won't say anything. Swear it. I look him in the eyes and I say, I swear I won't say anything about the plan. Don't play games with me, Simona. When have I ever been known to play games with you, Elijah? And Ashenbrenner, I know that you're upset and you're angry. At least, will you keep quiet until the plan is done and we protect the family? Oh, sweet, merciful, sopping tits. Elijah, I don't care. I will keep quiet. I don't fucking care. You know why I don't come to your meetings, why I don't come to your parties, because I don't give a fuck about your statues or your candelabre. I want to make art and be left alone. Yes, I swear, just leave me be. Philip, if you don't move right now, I will put your legs inside of you. (laughs) <laughs> and with that he nods and lets philip step to the side and you're able to yeah. go i want to try and um just bl- push the door down because he did he fucked um, up my shit sure. so i'd like to try and fuck up his shit <laughs> you want to fuck up shit all right so you're gonna you're gonna stand there for a couple seconds and burn blood up to like a max five yeah, like i don't want to fail this because failing with tearing the door open in the midst of an emergency that's one thing but this is all about style and so with that exit if i go eh, and then don't push the door down. That's going to look so anticlimactic. So yeah, I'd like to do whatever I have to, to just literally just, yeah. Okay. So you pump three, what's your strength? Uh, Strength normally is two. 
Okay, so you're going to burn three blood points to put it up to five. That's going to take just a couple of seconds. So you're kind of you're doing this as you're speaking. I don't get the sweet tick the, the sweet tits monologue, as we'll call it. Um, <laughs> the uh, you're you're building up your blood pool, you know, the strength of, and you're getting you're summoning your power. Do you have a melee skill? Um, I have a brawl of three. Brawl's even better. Okay, so you take eight dice and go ahead and give me successes. Okay. Please don't fuck this up, dice gods. And if that one roll, in order to figure out who the heck that one woman was, takes this away from you, I am so Comes sorry. Comes back to bite you now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, I have... Okay, good. I have three successes. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> so the door, the door bursts off its hinges and drops out, <clears throat> flies about four or five feet, tumbles, cracks the glass. Um, what do you do after that? Fucking leave. Okay. Pretty happy with the way that turned out, though. So if anybody's looking, if anybody's in front of me at that one moment, they will see a little mm-hmm. like, okay, that was pretty cool. Smirk. Otherwise, I'm pretty, pretty yeah, happy, pretty happy with that. Hey, yeah. But otherwise, you know, they'll just, they'll just see me push the door down and walk out. All right. <clears throat> Simona? Oh, if there's anything on a pedestal between me and the exit, I'll just knock that off. You knock off some plant plant holders yeah, and things on. Over. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. You you shatter everything from here down the dr- the main drive. You, do you, oh, do you do the? Your blood is still high. Your your strength stays for oh, the scene. Yeah. You want so anything in my way? Like like every step I take, I'm just imagining. You know, every one of my sketches. You know, every beautiful detail, every every angle that shouldn't be there, every extra knuckle. And every time I think of one of those, if there's something in my way, I'll just push it over or flip it or something like that. Okay, so even this, even the fountain, the three-tiered beautiful fountain made oh, in France with the small cupid. Yeah. <laughs> that is an X fountain. Simona is, like, trying her best to, like, um, hide the smirk that she has watching. Uh... <laughs> Shabrenner is like, oh, yeah, she's like, she's like, hell yeah. Get him. I hope he takes out all the cobblestones. I hope that he picks up a cobblestone, rips them out, and starts just chucking them at some windows. That's what I want. All right. So, Simona, you, you, they hear the destruction. They see the front door. You see Tevi turn, because you're still in the building, yes? I am. Or did you follow him out? I haven't followed him out yet. Okay. You see Tevi turn and say to him, that's a problem. He is going to be an issue. And if you don't handle him, sir, I'm going to. This is un- you cannot let him know. Uh, this plan will fall apart. I, I oh, he may stay silent, but how long do you think he'll look at this? Look at how he's just no. Elijah's like, I'll deal with it. Simona. Yes. Get Ashenbrenner under control, please. And they turn and walk back into the back of the house. They head back towards the Grand Conservatory. I say. It'll be my absolute pleasure. And I turn on my heel and I walk out after Ashenbrenner. Okay, hold on. You hear, Simona? Yes? And he's he's holding one of your f- paintings. He says, I'm not joking. I know you aren't. Don't you worry. I'll be back. I'm going to go get Ashenbrenner under control, just as you asked. However, I must admit that I am staying. I have... S- I've sought accommodations with the Lissandra bitch, as you so nicely put it. And I believe that she will find it odd if I 
left so abruptly. So I will be going back to her, listening in, trying to figure out what I can, reporting back to you. It's a dangerous game we're all playing, Simona. Don't make a miscalculation. And then he turns his back on you and puts the painting down. Oh, Elijah. You won't have to worry about me. And then I turn around and I call after Ashenbrenner. Ashenbrenner, please. That's an antique. It's already broken. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And with that is where we'll end it tonight. I want to thank all my players. This was a <laughs> massive reveal. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I hope I haven't lost Ashen Brenner permanently. Like he doesn't pick his stuff up and go to Scotland. Um, <laughs> I'm going to fucking Edinburgh. Um, but uh, from all of us here at Hellfire Nights, uh, to all of you that listen, we really appreciate it. Again, Mike, thank you. Melinda, Paul, uh, Lauren, Kayla. It was a great night. Um, And we'll get back to Dr. Jackal and the two ladies as they arrive at the morgue next week. So from all of us here, everybody, thank you very much and good night. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.